Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hey everyone and welcome to the show. It's your best friend, if you want to call me that. Katie Patrick and I am joined, of course, by Mr. David Fiorazzo. Now, just a reminder that if you want to support the work of this show or any of our other programs, please <laughs> consider getting yourself some swag. All you have to do is visit freedomproject.com store and get yourself a mug or a shirt or a hoodie or a tote or anything else you want. All you have to do, again, is go to freedomproject.com store. Thank you, Katie. All right, friends, it's once again that special time to check in with our old friend, oh, even though he's younger than, is he younger than you? Yeah. It's time to check in with Alex Newman. What do you have for us this week, Alex? Thanks, guys. Uh, great news. There is a bill now sitting in Congress. It's H.R. 899 to abolish and terminate the U.S. Department of Education, uh, introduced by Congressman Thomas Massey. Uh, he says there is no constitutional authority for this silly bureaucracy to even exist. And of course, um, top Republicans, uh, Ronald Reagan, for example, and Donald Trump have all called for abolishing the Department of Education. It just hasn't gotten done. Uh, so this bill is actually really, really simple. One of the simplest bills I've ever seen. It's one sentence long. It says the Department of Education shall terminate on December 31st, 2023. In other words, uh, in less than one year, this behemoth would have to stop all operations. And that would then kick control over education to the states, local communities, and of course, we the people. Um Congressman Massey actually announced this on uh, February 14th. That was Valentine's Day, but he's been working on this for a very long time. In fact, uh, for, for several Congresses, he's introduced this. Uh, when he introduced it in the last Congress, he said that uh, unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. should not be in charge of our children's intellectual and moral development. Wow, you think? Uh, he says uh, states and local communities are best positioned to shape curricula that meet the needs of their students. Schools should be accountable. Parents have the right to choose the most appropriate educational opportunity for their children, including, he says, and I love this, homeschools, public school or private school. Um, actually, I, I was able to talk with Congressman Massey about this and other things a few years ago, and um, he had some really interesting things to say. He pointed out that this was a, a re-election ploy by Jimmy Carter, and uh, he, he really put liberals in an awkward position, uh, forcing them to defend Trump involvement in their children's education if they wanted to keep it. Watch. So, first of all, the Department of Education was established by Jimmy Carter as a re-election tactic, as a ploy. And it's been part of uh, Ronald Reagan's platform and the Republican platform to eliminate the Department of Education. But I saw an opportunity to reintroduce this notion and as a bill uh, when everybody got upset about Betsy DeVos's confirmation. That was the, the last controversial confirmation was the Secretary of Education. Because the left understands this is where you win or lose is in the schools and in the teaching of the children. Mm -hmm. So um, I got a lot of phone calls from constituents and, and frankly liberals all over the country who wanted me to vote against Betsy DeVos. Well, there's only one problem with that. I'm in the House, I'm not in the Senate. So uh, the Senate has the power of uh, advice and consent according to the Constitution. So my staff would tell the callers, and there were lots of callers, he doesn't get to vote on that. Well, the callers would insist that I was passing the buck, that there was something I could do, and that I must do something. 
So I wrote a one-page bill, and it says, the Department of Education shall terminate on December 31st, 2018. And I introduced that the day they were voting on her confirmation. That was my effort um, that they asked of me. Yeah, uh, so that was pretty funny. Um, I love Congressman Massey. Uh, fantastic comments there. Now, he's joined uh, by uh, at least eight other uh, congressmen here. He's got uh, the former chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, uh, U.S. Representative Andy Biggs. He's got uh, Russ Fulker of Idaho, um, Mike Collins of Georgia, Lauren Boebert of Colorado, Dan Bishop of North Carolina, and Chip Roy of Texas. And um Folks, uh, if you've been watching this program for a while, if you uh, have been following these issues, you know that the Department of Education has been a, a critical driver of the radicalization of our so-called public school system and also the dumbing down of American children. In fact, my uh, late friend Charlotte Iserby, a wonderful lady, she was a senior advisor on education in the Ronald Reagan administration. And once she got to the Department of Education, she found all these documents that they're like trying to merge the American educational system with the Soviet one. She leaked all this to the press. Uh, obviously, it didn't last very long there. But... Uh, she then wrote a book called The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America, exposing how this was happening. Um, also, uh, U.S. parents involved in education. Uh, Duke and I both serve on the advisory board there. It's a national grassroots group to end all federal involvement in education. Uh, they really celebrated this bill. Um, the president, uh, Sherry Few, told me that now more than ever, parents and other freedom-loving Americans see the nefarious influence of the U.S. Department of Education and want to end its unconstitutional authority over education. Uh, she's right. Uh, Americans are really starting to see this. Uh, she did say that this would be a first big step, but that much more needs to be done. And uh, the organization, U.S. Pi, has uh, a blueprint to make that uh, happen because, as she pointed out correctly, there's a lot of other federal departments that deal with this issue as well. But uh, ultimately, folks, while shutting down the Department of Education is long overdue. Uh, it's unconstitutional. It's unwise. Uh, the best thing you can say about it is a huge waste of money, but it's uh, actually much worse than that. But the reality is even shutting this down is not going to make a public school safe for your child. Parents are going to have to take charge here, make sure their children get a real education. Even before the formation of the early church, Jesus taught his disciples to pray to our Father in heaven. He also said, I and the Father are one. But don't let God stop the Episcopal Church from bowing before the altar of DEI and making sure prayers align with an inclusive, gender-neutral God. You heard that right. Diversity, equity, and inclusion in the apostate modern church declares God can't be male because he doesn't have a gender. I'm David Fiorazzo, and this is Christ and Culture. The Episcopal Church debate centers on the possibility of overhauling their Book of Common Prayer, which is used in its congregations worldwide. This is another example of compromise and even rebellion. Due to the apparent increase in global wokeness and awareness about people being offended by language, the usage of pronouns are upsetting those who deny who God created them to be. Now, in progressive terms, they do not identify with the gender they were assigned at birth. Church spokesperson Bishop Michael Ipgrave said this, Christians have recognized since ancient times that God is neither male nor female. 
Yet the variety of ways of addressing and describing God found in Scripture has not always been reflected in our worship. End quote. I know, head-scratcher, right? If God is neither male nor female, then Jesus is a liar, according to the actual words used in the Bible. If Jesus isn't Lord, then he can't be our Savior, so we're all lost forever. According to an article at Reuters titled, Church of England Explores Gender-Neutral God, Ipgrave also said there had, to, there had been greater interest in exploring new contemporary language for over 20 years now. Now, this supposed new revelation is the latest attempt by the church to, quote, keep up with rapidly evolving notions around gender and sexuality in recent decades, end quote. Why? Because, you know, DEI. Romans 12, 2, however, states, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Reverend Will Gaffney is on the committee recommending a change to the prayer book. Like many other Episcopal priests, he wants prayers to reflect that God is bigger than any gender. Gaffney, a professor of the Hebrew Bible at Bright Divinity School in Texas, said this, As long as men and God are in the same category, our work toward equity will not just be incomplete. I honestly think it won't matter in some ways. So, equity trumps truth, tradition, and the inspiration of the scriptures? Got it. Now, it must be noted that the wayward Episcopal Church has long separated from the Church of England and will consider the resolutions during its Texas convention this week. But why stop with a gender change for God? Some advocates want other revisions, including climate change, or what they say is a Christian's duty to the earth's conservation. Also, adding same-sex marriage ceremonies to the liturgy, even though for many years they've already been performing homosexual weddings, and even adding a ceremony to, ce to celebrate a transgender person's adoption of a new name. Well, Protestant denominations such as the United Methodist Church and the Evangelical Lutheran Church have also debated the use of gendered language for God. This redefining of truth and rebelling against God and His Word is nothing new. Remember this, five years ago, I reported on an Episcopal church in San Francisco that held what was called a Beyonce Mass, that's right, featuring the occult-influenced singer's music in a church service. Now, in that case, God was, you guessed it, a woman. During the actual Beyonce Mass, an alternate feminist perversion of the Lord's Prayer was printed in the program for attendees to read out loud. Here's a sample, quote, Our Mother, who is in heaven and within us, we call upon your names. <laughs> your wisdom come, your will be done, in all the spaces in which you dwell. It also stated, For you are the dwelling place within us, the empowerment around us, and the celebration among us now and forever. Amen. Well, that's a little progressive for the Lord's Prayer and what Jesus taught, don't you think? So it's no surprise San Fran's Grace Cathedral also hosted yoga, candlelight labyrinth walks, and forums entitled, When Art is Racist. Like many churches that have abandoned sound doctrine and the inerrancy of Scripture, 
they proudly admit they are progressives and pro-LGBTQ. Now, the spirituality behind contemporary feminism in this case often comes in the form of goddess worship to Gaia or Mother Earth. And the fact these worshipers have a desire to overthrow the patriarchal, patriarchal structure in society. Um, so this regendering or ungendering of language or the addition of feminine deities is clearly open rebellion against God as Father and against the authority of Jesus Christ. By the way, one idea behind this so-called liberation for women is to regain their natural power and to have authority over men. To accomplish this dominance, they must invoke certain spirits, right, to help destroy the Judeo-Christian religion. So, is God male, female, gender neutral? If you really are wondering about that, read the Bible and ask God, pray to God to reveal to you the truth about who Jesus is and about God's character. Now, just the fact some are asking these questions today shows a new low in biblical literacy and inadequate teaching from church leaders across the country who are supposed to equip the saints and preach the whole counsel of God. His truth doesn't change with the times. Remember that. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, -E EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Okay, sweetie, so apparently you're not wanting to understand or listen. So, hi, I'm Mama Rose. I am a transgendered woman. I can tell you right now, my period I experience every month is very real, very valid, and very painful every month. The cramps, the bloating, the fatigue, the nausea, all of it. But you know what? You go ahead and keep invalidating trans women. You go ahead and keep telling them that their experience is not real. Oh boy, where do I begin with this one? Is it the pink hair? Is it the voice? Or the fact that you do not, not have a vagina? Please stop appropriating women and bulls, for that matter, with that little nose thing. Stop shoving pills down your throat that apparently give you a tummy ache and um, just know that you are a man who needs professional help and I sincerely hope you find it. Unless you are just doing this all for attention and then you have bigger issues. Now, speaking of mental health, let's take a little time to find out what other stories are trending left. And we head to the Children's Hospital of Los Angeles where a picture was taken outside of a patient's room that is really quite disturbing. You can see that even medical professionals, you know, the ones who are supposed to follow science, are validating pronouns for children. On this child's room, you see a sign that says, hello, my pronouns are they, them, theirs. Please identify me by my birth date and MRN. And of course, it's surrounded by cartoon pictures of a, a lion, a giraffe, an elephant, and you know, all the other animals. Because it's kid friendly. Because it's all about the kids. It's always about the kids. 
except it's not. Now, next, I'd like to introduce you to a woman who says it's not that she dislikes white people. It's just that all white people are at the devil, thanks to white supremacy. Do you, do you understand that? All right, here we go. This comment says, damn, you really dislike white people, don't you? Oh, I've been waiting for this, too. I don't hate white people. I hate that white supremacy means that I can't go over all of my white friends' houses because what if their less accepting, closed-minded grandma is there? I don't hate men. I hate the system of patriarchy and misogyny that means I have to be careful about even going outside where men might be located. After all I've learned about racism, I still don't believe that white people are bad people. I hate that white supremacy has taught white people that they're the only normal people. I hate systems that don't allow me to love. I hate that you hate, hate, hate of the hate and the hate. Clearly, she does dislike groups of individuals. And instead of treating each individual as an individual, she's just going to repeat all this nonsense that she's been told. And it's okay because she's fighting the system. Everyone understand how this world is working right now? Now, next, we're going to head to the classroom because... That's where all this indoctrination tends to happen. But it's also where yet another teacher who's decked out in the colorful rainbow power glasses claims that right-wing parents are clearly fascists, even though they don't know what that means, if they want to be involved in their child's education. Woke rainbow mafia teachers always know what's best. All right, we have to talk about this right-wing idea of parents' rights. It's literally just fascism. As far as I can tell... Parents' rights means allowing parents to control their kids, even in ways that are harmful to their kids. Kids whose families refuse to affirm their child's true gender identity are at greatly increased risk of suicide attempts, self-harm, substance abuse, homelessness, low academic performance, and other serious mental health issues. Conservatives who claim that their real concern is parents' rights are just trying to use a family-friendly excuse for wanting trans people to not exist. I don't listen to anyone who's reading from a script because that's clearly a script that someone was given her to then read. And I bet if I searched long enough, I could find all the same examples all over the tick-a-tock of that same speech. So I'm not gonna even acknowledge its existence. Although I will say that those glasses from Elton John in 19, the 1970s were primo back then, but I guess, I guess they're, they're still here, so yay. Now finally, we're going to wrap things up with a truth bomb delivered by a man who lived in everyone's favorite neighborhood, <laughs> Mr. Rogers. Yes, yes, Mr. Rogers. Are you triggered? You should be. Now this is an episode from 50, five, zero, five decades or 50 years ago, that is now being called one of the most controversial things ever told to children. I hope you're triggered. Prepare yourself for the horror, the horror of Fred Rogers, delivered through song. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Everybody's fancy. Everybody's fine. Your body's fancy. And so is mine. I'm a lady. All right, that's going to wrap up this segment. But you can be sure that there will be craziness abounding next week. Until then, stay sane. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. 
It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right, well, let's wrap things up by discussing the future of Amazon, Amazon, if you will, and other massive companies that rely on a large manual labor workforce. A powerhouse investor now believes that Amazon will be using more robots than humans within the next seven years. Uh-oh. Arc Invest CEO Kathy Wood says that Amazon is adding 1,000 robots a day, a day, to their facilities. If you compare the number of robots Amazon has to the number of employees, it's about a third. And <laughs> we amazing. believe, she says, that by the year 2030, Amazon can have more robots than employees. There's that year 2030 that keeps rearing its ugly head. Um, she adds that the long-term cost of ad adopting robots, adopting, I want to adopt a robot, will save companies like Amazon more than 50% on what it would cost to employ humans. And that leads us to Atlas, a company called Boston Dynamics has developed a humanoid robot called Atlas that many say could not only revolutionize the labor market, but also the military, police force, you name it. So take a look at this demonstration. So Hollywood puts this stuff out for a couple decades. Remember the show? What was that? The robot, the police robot. What, what was it? Oh, my goodness. I'm RoboCop. Do you remember RoboCop? I didn't. Anyway, yeah, things like this and iRobot and other things. So they're doing this in Hollywood. Their imaginations are going. And now the technology is kind of catching up to. Remember the Here's, Jetsons? I mean, okay, we're yeah, talking we're about going technology back. catching up. That, was that when creepy? It, when it said... Boston Dynamics, immediately in my brain, I thought of the show Fringe. It was on Fox a couple years ago, had uh, Joshua Jackson from Dawson's Creek. Anyway, um, the show, in the show, they have a corporation called Massive Dynamic, and it's located in Boston. And some people actually believe that Boston Dynamics, the real company, may have been the inspiration for Massive Dynamic. And if you've ever watched a show, you know that they're bad and it's robots take over the world. And it's, it's, it's all scary. At least they're not clowns taking over the world. They're going to put clown faces on them. <laughs> ah, double scary. Anyway, that is going to wrap up Educated for this week. David, I'm a little creeped out now. How about yeah. you? Yeah, creepy, creepy. Well, we did learn, though. We learned some things about technology and about young children mm -hmm. that are graduating from high school at nine yep. years old. And, and and we had, you know, love was in the air with Valentine's Day. So all that's kinds of stuff this all, week. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's good. 
for Katie and myself, thanks for watching, listening, and supporting this show. Until next week, stay educated, America. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.